you join me in prayer? Open our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our beings to the fullness of your love right where we are, calling us forth to go and be a blessing. Amen. Please be seated. A church I worked at back in Atlanta had, similar to what you have here, an art ministry that was a vibrant part of its church. Here we have a church in Canvas that meets on Saturdays. And at uh, this other church I was at, St. Pat's, they have, it's part of their Sunday morning adult formation, though teens were joyously welcomed as well, uh, Sunday school time. And it was called Painting Looking Up. Painting Looking Up. And people could come into this art room filled with art supplies at, at whatever level of artist you were. We had the range from myself, who can barely do a stick figure, I'm not being humble, to people who sold their art, all coming together to explore what it means to experience art as prayer. And it was a really powerful ministry at the church. And I would love to come on Sunday mornings. If I didn't have to be teaching something else, I would always find my way with my cup of tea into this art room and sit and chat with the people and just marvel at how the Spirit tended to their souls and helped them with whatever it is they were working on through the art. And beautiful pieces emerged. If you've been in my office, you've seen a few of them. Um, the woman kissing the wounds of Jesus' feet as he's on the cross is one. The other is an abstract art of, um, of breath. And I also have a few pieces that are so sacred to me, they don't ever leave my house. Don't take that personally, but you know how that is. Um, but here's the thing. Dan, my husband, Dan and I have this wonderful, or perhaps it's a terrible tradition, that we never get all our artwork up on the walls until we have to stage the house to sell it, right? <laughs> That's just the truth. It doesn't matter if we've lived there two years, five years, we lived in one house for seven years, we only, but it's a pattern now, it's an embarrassing pattern. But this time, because this, that's what we were doing this weekend, we were staging the house, this time, that worked as a gift. And here's why. One of those paintings that I got to see emerge over the course of six months in that art ministry, that Sunday school class, we put up, my desk looks out a window, and we put it up on the wall right here. I hadn't really stopped and looked at it for a while. So I went up there last night to finish pulling together the sermon. I thought I was going to go one direction. And this painting had me go a completely different direction. Because the words of that, on that painting, written so beautifully within it, are the words of our psalm today. That psalm that starts, I lift up mine eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? My help comes in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Amen? And that was such a gift to me, as I know that 
my family and I were getting prepared to do that two-letter, though sometimes I think it's a four-letter word, to go. And all of us in our lives in different times and places and ways, we are always called to go somewhere. And we'll explore that a little bit. And let me describe this image to you. So it starts as a forest. This is how I saw it emerge over time as my friend Diane was painting it. It starts as a forest. And as you know, in a forest, there's some beautiful light that comes through the trees, but there's also some darkness, right? Which is so true to life, isn't it? There's some light and there's some darkness. And then it's a multimedia piece of work. And it has, Diane cut out this, um, it's like a silhouette of a little girl, maybe six to eight years old with a ponytail, skipping through the woods. You can imagine that. Um, and then it has, Diane took um, ma mandalas, which are um, these artworks that when you create them or you color them are a form of prayer, of deep prayer. So Diane had these mandalas that she had colored and painted years ago, and she cut them up, which I go, oh, you cut those up. She cut them up and turned them into butterfly wings and into part of the path that goes through the forest. Do you see the symbolism of that? I mean, it's, it was deeply beautiful. And then she had this mirror that had shattered, kind of like life sometimes shatters, right? And she took these glass pieces and interspersed them throughout the painting so that when you go and you look at it, you also see yourself reflected in this journey, right? Yeah. And then along the tree trunks, she has these words. She pulled out some of their psalm that we have for today. And it says this. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade upon your right hand. The sun shall not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. And those words of whatever it is that we are journeying through, because it's always through, are a blessing, aren't they? The Lord is our keeper. It is the Lord who is our shade upon our right hand. And to just allow that to soak in. The psalm starts with the words, I lift up mine eyes to the hills. From where is my help to come? And let's take that image of looking up. Because sometimes as we are going through something very difficult and we're on a path that's difficult, it's, it's hard to look up, isn't it? And yet if we can, part of the gift of the blessing of God is the encouragement to look up. That's the blessing itself that we can look up, that we can look for the help and the presence of this God of love in the midst of what we're going through. That we don't have to rely on ourselves, that we don't have to be stuck in the struggle of what we're wrestling with. And that as, as a people in a church, in a country, we don't have to be stuck, but we can look up and we can be lifted up and we can know that God is walking with us so that we can go to take that next step. We don't know what 20 steps down the road are going to look like, do we? We can only take that next sacred step step, knowing that 
I lift mine eyes to the hills. My help comes in the name of the Lord, the one who created heaven and earth. That's who's walking with me. That's who's walking with you. So I shared with you this image on the bulletin. And did you see it in the newsletter too? Did you get a chance to stop and take a look at it a little bit? If not, I encourage you to take this home. You can find it online. It's by Mike Moyers, M-O-Y-E-R-S. And is it a labyrinth or a maze? Do you know? It's a labyrinth. Do you know what the difference is between labyrinth and maze? A maze can be square, right? Okay. Um, a maze and a labyrinth can be any shape, but here's what's really interesting, the key difference. A maze has lots of different paths and you get lost. You find yourself at dead ends, right? A labyrinth has one path. In and out. And it brings you to a center place of stillness and of receiving of the Spirit. Kind of cool. Our lives really are not a maze. may feel like it, <laughs> right? But it's a labyrinth because each step we take on the journey is a sacred step paired with the Holy One. We are not lost. Even when we hit those hard times, brothers and sisters, we are not lost, for God is with us. That's not to say, if you notice, this, there are many forms for a labyrinth, but on this one, in most, you have a lot of twists and turns, don't you? So if you notice, the, way, the place you start, look for at the bottom of the labyrinth, that dark line. That's the entry point. And as you go in, follow that black line, and then you make a turn, and then you get some purple with a little something in there. What is that something there? What does it look like to you? What? Like arrows. Oh, they do look like arrows. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Think of this is a Lenten labyrinth. Where does, when, what holy day does Lent begin on? Ash Wednesday. Those are the ashen crosses. Do you see that? Okay, and as you follow it along, you follow it along, and then it goes up towards the center, but just when you think you're getting to the center where everything is fine and, and settled and all good, oh, it takes a turn. That's kind of like life, isn't it? And it turns, and then what do you have there? That golden stuff, what is that? It's wheat. Where does wheat come in for the gospel? It turns into what? Bread. Okay, but we're going to keep going. We keep going on the wheat. It keeps going, and then we get into, do you know what those... Those in the green background, what that is? What? Grapevines. Oh, do you see how this is going through the gospel stories? You get some palms there for Palm Sunday, and then it, it keeps going. I don't want to go through this whole thing now. But to offer to you this labyrinth as part of your journey of going, that God is with you in each step, and that each story that we hear during the season of Lent, and each story we hear throughout the church year, 
tells us a little bit of how God is with us. So that as we go forth, we know it's not just us going forth. It's us filled with the Holy One. And why does God send us out? Why can't we just stay where we're comfortable and we're familiar with everything and we can just stay put as things are? Why? It would be, and I say this as someone who, this is going to be my, literally my 16th move since I got married. Okay? Why does God say the word go? I would love to just stay wherever I am for a long time and put down those roots. Or if it has to do with um, the people who I'm building friendships with, I just would love to stay with the people I'm comfortable with. Why is God telling me to step forth and build friendships with people who are different than me? Why can't I just stay put? There's more work to do. <laughs> There's always more work to do, right? But why? Because God knows that you are a blessing. And God wants to send you forth as the blessing you are out into the world. That's what the story of Abram, who becomes Abraham, is all about. I'm sending you forth so that you can be a blessing. But to be a blessing, we have to be willing to go through the discomfort of becoming a blessing. And we only do that as we grow and as we, we spend time with the Holy One, become more and more of a blessing. And we don't know how, we don't know why. Sometimes we don't have any clue that we were just a blessing to a person. But we just keep going and we keep being and we trust as we lift up our eyes to the hills, which is where our help comes, so that we can feel it right where we are. So that word go is part of what Bishop Curry, our presiding Bishop Curry, has in his rule of life that we'll be talking about at Sunday school. Turn, learn, pray, worship, bless, go, rest. You and I and us are called to go because as we embody the blessing of God with us, we embody that to other people. And here's the wonderful thing about ministry. I promise you that other people will embody that blessing to us. In the name of our loving, liberating, life-giving God.